0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode number 91. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Up on bonus episode 91 it is another review of a recent release movie in UK cinemas. Coming out on Friday the 13th we saw the release of The Secret of Marrowbone. Uh, I believe this movie has already played in other territories. I think it may have already played in America. I don't know what the release Uh, schedule was like. I don't know how big the release was either over there. It did get a fairly extensive release in the UK, mostly down to the fact that it's Lionsgate that's putting out in the UK and E1 Entertainment, so two rather large distributors funneling that movie through cineplexes up and down the length and breadth of the country. So yeah, we will be doing a review of that movie in a non-spoiler and spoiler fashion. So as always, I've just thrown this out at the start. If you've not seen the movie before, if you fancy checking it out, then maybe this is not the episode of the podcast Under the Stairs for you. So discretion is advised. Non-spoiler. I say non-spoiler. It may still cover individual elements of the plot. Uh, Spoiler will certainly spoil the shit out of it. So please be warned and be advised. This is uh, a nice, helpful, handy warning up front for you. So this is the second Of three planned episodes. Originally, this was going to be a two episode week, and um, yeah, I've got another bonus episode coming out on Sunday featuring another movie review. That's right, we're just churning them out at the moment. Uh, And then we will see Monday with a release of the 1981 edition of the Teapot Summer Top 10 series looking at the best of the 80s. So yeah, I'll be joined by Court Psyops from Cinema Psyops and Liam Rafferty from Scott and Liam versus evil we will count down our top 10 picks from 1981 taking two movies forward to the final can i just thank everyone for the overwhelming support i mean to say that i have had messages reaching out to me on facebook comments on facebook and emails and um, for people excited about the launch of the first installment of the top 10 series would be an understatement uh, there has been a deluge A word that I love saying, but get seldom a chance to use. uh, A deluge of comments coming back. Mostly positive. I've had a couple of can't believe you didn't do this for the episode. That is to be expected because there are a lot of fan favourites that will not make the final list, ladies and gents. And if you thought, I know some people were like, it didn't sound like you were all that contentious in that 1980 episode. Well, I can assure you it gets more contentious as the years go on with down to flat-out arguments um, already have been recorded on upcoming episodes. So I look forward to dropping them uh, in the fullness of time, ladies and gents, every Monday from now until the end of September. Say what? Also, while we're at it, um, some updates. Some updates. So yeah, I mentioned very briefly on the first instalment of the Summer tea- Top 10 series, always a tongue twister to say that, that podcast under the days is kind of branching out to capture some other mediums at the moment, trying to diversify, keep things fresh from our perspective and hopefully increase uh, listenership moving forward, bring some new people across from other medias. Um, that's going to be done in the form of YouTube videos. So we're going to be running a new series uh, on YouTube called Where To Start With. And in that series I will basically be picking an actor or a director, maybe a composer, a cinematographer, a specific subgenre. i be picking four movies that I think are the best place to start with. The first one will be Dario Argento, Italian's answer to Alfred Hitchcock, according to those early reviews of Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And I'll be covering four of his movies coming up. On future video content exclusively on YouTube, we'll be posting them on Facebook as well. But the the, the platform and which they'll be hosted is our very grossly underused YouTube page. So we're we'll posting them over there. Hopefully, you guys will check them out. They will not be making their way in any sort of podcast format. So I'll not be extracting the audio and putting them out as podcasts eh, unless it's a massive demand for them. But I can't see that being the case. And uh, yeah, so we'll be putting that over there with obviously trying to link people back from YouTube to come across and check out the fantastic audio content we have from podcasts under the stairs. So yeah, that's happening. I've also resurrected the Facebook page. Now, not the group page. The group page is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast But I have resurrected the group page, which is where we will post much most, most of our merch our Thursday Thursdays will go exclusive to there moving forward and any live stream content we do directly on Facebook will go on the Facebook page. To join that, it's facebook.com forward slash t Cast. Nice and simple. So yeah, that's some updates for you at the beginning. This is the second of three episodes dropping this week. And with that in mind, I'm going to take my very first break. Um, this is going to have some promos for shows that I love. It's going to have a little bit of music in there as well and then the trailer for a feature movie review. This is The Secret of Maribone, aka Maribone and other uh, other different territories, I think in America it's just called Maribone. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be reviewing that in a non-spoiler and spoiler fashion coming up
1: right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? as needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails you.
0: Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocers' itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening.
1: Come very far, enduring many hardships, but at last we found the place where we can be safe. So these Marabou kids, how well do you know them? We're good friends. They worry me. The fact they live so isolated. You don't need to be scared. Tell me that next time you hear the ghost in the middle of the night. saw something in that. The ghost is back! Sam!
0: He thinks he saw the ghost. Perhaps just a lie we told Sam. If the truth comes out, they will separate us.
1: Jack! gotta be going to you
0: Welcome back. So, ladies and gents, let's take a little look at the secret of Mariborne. You've just heard the trailer for it there. Its original title, and the title that I believe it was released in some territories as, is just Mariborne. Came out the UK 13th of July, Friday the 13th of July 2018. And um, let's give you some information. According to the IMDb, it's written and directed by Sergio G. Sanchez. Now, Sergio Sanchez um, has been working behind the scenes for a little while now. He has been working most recently with our, our good buddy, director of The Orphanage and director of The Impossible and When a Monster Calls and most recently the new Jurassic Park movie. Jai E. Bojana. Uh, so he's been doing a lot of the work in the background for that. He wrote The Orphanage. He also wrote The Impossible. And uh, yeah, this is his feature-length movie directorial debut because he's done some shorts and some TV stuff in the past. But this is him making his way over here. He both wrote and directed this movie. The movie stars George Mackay, Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, Charlie Heaton, Mia Goth, Matthew Stagg eh, Nicola Harrison Kyle Soller, Tom Fisher other folks are in the movie the synopsis is listed on the IMDB is a young man and his three younger siblings who have to keep a secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together are plagued by a sinister presence in a sprawling manner in which they lived now the movie is (laughs) the movie is supposed to be set in America but It's quite evident, very quick, that it is not. I believe this movie may have been shot in Spain. It's certainly financed by Spanish money with the help of some, I think there was an Irish lottery grant of some description behind it as well. Um, But yeah, this is shot in Spain, but passed off as American. And I will say as a, a negative upfront here that the American accents in this movie are not believable at all and um, they're, they're kind of just off-kilter, they're going for that kind of old-fashioned vibe. The movie itself takes place late 60s, if I had put a guess that I would say 69 because we have the moon landing and Nixon as president. Uh, the details are in the movie for where you can see it. And uh, yeah, so this is a non-spoiler part of the review. Um, I thought it was wonderfully shot, I thought it had a really nice, authentic, old kind of vibe going through it. And certainly, the IMDb have it listed as a drama, stroke thriller, stroke horror, which is probably right. I think that's where it lies. Maybe more heavily on the drama. There are certainly horror elements in here, but they are played more in the background for most of the movie, and then to the forefront towards the end. Uh, this is what I would kind of class as the the traditional ghost story format. And uh, that it's a kind of slow burn, it clocks in about an hour and 45 minutes uh, if you remove some of the credits. And the, the opening sequence goes on for about 10 15 minutes, uh, or felt like it went on that long before you actually get the kind of the name of the movie popping up on the screen. I will also say that I thought, in terms of story, this movie owes a lot to not only The Offridge, which makes sense, it's the same. Um, same writer and often it's just a movie that I love but another Spanish production movie which was English language which is a little movie called Others starring Nicole Kidman you may remember it it feels like that movie didn't come out that long ago but I think it's that movie will be what 15, 16 years old now maybe even older maybe even older we can't be that far off a kind of you know it's, 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 it's punting near 20 years old that movie now which is kinda scary. Uh, but yeah, the others is a movie that I got a similar vibe from. Um and I will say that the casting's great, love the casting this one, particularly the 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 young boy in the movie who is Sam, played by Matthew Stagg. I thought he was kinda amazing. Um it's very difficult to get kind of really young actors. Uh, to do what you want and feel authentic, but I thought he was kind of amazing. Charlie Heaton is of uh, Stranger Things fame, so if you are a fan of the old Stranger Things, then you'll know who he is. He is one of the older brothers of one of the characters. His name escapes me. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is in this one, who has been on a kind of tear recently. She's got so much planned that's coming up, it's kind of amazing. Uh, but yeah, you will have seen her in such uh, projects as The Witch, uh, Morgan, uh, Split. All recently, she's been in um, she's been in all of those. And I'll just say right up front, she's awesome in this one. If not necessarily having to stretch that far in terms of her act- acting dexterity. Uh, the other main character, the main one, Jack, is played by George MacKay, who. Has been in loads. He's another one that's been kind of flying through. I came across him first in the, I want to say in the mini miniseries, um, the Stephen King miniseries, series, 22 uh where I thought he was brilliant, but his credits ring back so much. And so far, he was obviously in things like Sunshine on the Leaf, which is like a surprisingly good film, uh, but he's a great actor. I think he was in that Peter Pan movie that I didn't watch as well. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's excellent in this movie. So you're getting some great cast and here. Kind of love that. But uh, what I will say about this one is that it definitely leans more into it. its drama tropes. Um, heavily into that. So if you're not really into that, if you want an out-and-out ghost movie without all that kind of nonsense that accompanies a kind of family drama, then this is maybe not the movie for you. The pacing is certainly on the slow burn side for sure. Um, And I will say that as plots go, there was a couple of big holes in this one, which I kind of felt like I could drive a bus through. And I guess the twist um, about, well, I guess one of the twists, about 20 minutes into the movie, maybe 25 minutes, I had an idea of where I thought it was going to go. And I was proved right. My friend that I was at the cinema with, he got it maybe about 15 minutes before the reveal. And it's not the most original twist either. So if you are paying attention to the movie, you will probably pick it out. That being said, the way the acting's handled and the story itself, plus the time period the setting, um, a wonderful, beautiful kind of manor house that this is shot in, which kind of got this really gothic, kind of decrepit sort of feel, which I kind of loved. And yeah, so I I also loved the score. I thought the score was kind of somber, soulful, uh, conveyed a lot of emotions. That worked quite a bit for me as well. So yeah, for the most part, this movie did a whole hell of a lot right. That being said, I didn't think it was the most original movie that I've seen in a while and whilst I would not necessarily hold that as a negative over some movies, I think if you're asking someone to follow the journey, for an hour and forty-five minutes, you need to put your own spin on it. And this one did feel like kind of rehashed ideas from not only the Orphanage, which, like I say, if you're rehashing the Orphanage, you're not doing necessarily a bad thing. The Orphanage is a fucking great movie. And you're the guy that wrote that, so that's fine. You know, that's that's fair. Uh, but once again, like a movie like the others kinda has that vibe going on as well. Um there was like an emotional reveal. In the movie as well which did get me actually it kind of jarred me to the point where i was like I, I even though i knew it was coming the reveal of it was enough to kind of put me back on myself um and for the most part i thought it was thought it was done really well i think like i say you've got um you've got george mckay is as, a as main guy great actor to watch that Matthew Stagg the young kid Charlie Heaton is the the other brother Mia Goth is phenomenal as Jane a really wounded character Um, they're they're all the siblings and then you have their friend Ali played by Anya Taylor-Joy and I thought she was excellent so for the most part right across the spectrum you're getting great performances, you're getting proper moody piece um, moody period piece um, albeit very predictable um And as as such, I kind of feel like I have to knock it down a little bit for that. That being said, overall, if I was to give it a grade, uh, which I have to obviously because we're reviewing it, a Netflix grade for this movie would probably land somewhere between a 3.5 and a 4. And I kind of want to give it the credit and lean more towards a 4, although I think on subsequent viewings I'll probably drop it down to a 3.5. I will, I'll come in at the 4. I really liked it. I don't think it's doing anything remarkable. I don't think you benefit at all from seeing this at the cinema, which is the big kind of downside. I think this movie exists very comfortably on Netflix, uh, and you could watch it like on a, a dark night, maybe as you're heading into October, get a bit of that mood, break some stuff up. Um, And yeah, it's it's a really well put together, really well acted, really well shot kind of ghost drama horror movie. I I put drama ahead of horror because, like I say, there are some horrific elements in it, but the centrepiece of this is more about the the kind of relationship of the siblings um, with the kind of ghost activity, if it is a ghost, in the background becoming more prominent as the movie comes along, and then definitely the last 15 minutes is more in horror territory than anything else. Um, so that's where, I would, that's where I would list it, uh, and I'd give it probably a 4, like I say, sub- subsequent views, and might drop down to a 3.5. And that is my non-spoiler review of The Secret of Maribone. Are you ready, ladies and gents? Because we're going to do a little bit of spoiler up in this biatch. So, if you've not seen the movie, uh, and you intend to go and see the movie, I say stop now, uh, or forever hold your peace. If you don't give a fuck and want to continue on, then welcome. Uh, and if you have seen the movie and you're now extending beyond, you maybe paused it and then came back after seeing the movie. I hope that we can have a bit of a discussion about The Secret of the Marabon. A movie which I am spoiling, ladies and gents, in three, two, one. Okay, so if you've listened beyond this point, you are aware that I'm spoiling this movie, including the end of this movie. And I can't stress enough, once again, that if you're listening this far, once the end of the movie is spoiled, the, I mean, there is a rewatchability to this, mostly due to the performances, but a lot of its steam is kind of taken it out of the, uh, of the pressure cooker of the watch. You know what I mean? A lot of that tension that's building up while Watching the movie will be gone once I've spoiled it. So yeah, we have a family that are on the run that moved to America. Um, they're on the run from the the father figure of the family. So we have the mother and her three boys and one daughter. They all move to the kind of ancestral home in America called Maribone, which is named after her maiden name, I think the mother's maiden name, and they go into hiding. Uh, from the father who is out to hunt them uh, we'll get into that in a minute so the very beginning of the movie kind of moves at a pace where and this was talking about this long intro sequence where basically they all agree to change their names and forget about the past and not not dwell in it and live as this family unit and then the mother dies and as she dies she points to this cupboard for her oldest son to check in and there's a box in there this is a box that she stole from Her husband, the the family's father figure, eh, which contains a lot of money, money that he has stolen. Because we're going to find out that this guy was not only a thief, but he was also a violent butcher and child molester, to add to the fact. Um, The family are on the run mostly because the the oldest child, oldest son, um, testified in court against them, and the family went on the run stealing money. The mother dies and leaves this all to them, and then we see a scene... Of them all kind of living in the house. The son has to basically make it to 21. When he's in 21 he inherits everything and he can keep the family together. If the authorities find out that uh, he is the de facto parent of the household under 21, the family will be split up. So we've got this going in the background. We get this shot of a, like, a bullet coming through a window and then we see a kind of shadowy figure in the distance and we hear this scream of, of Jane calling for her brother and then we jump forward six months uh, the house is a bit worse for wear now the kids aren't leaving the house anymore um, which is a shame because they have met the Anna Taylor-Joy character and she's become very friendly with them all so yeah they're not leaving the house they're all trapped in the house so to speak under kind of the watchful eye of the eldest son being the only one that can go out and do like get the, the messages etc for, for the household I say messages, the shopping for those non Scottish people. Um, the family are kind of living off what little savings the mother had put aside for them, and the fact that the, the daughter Jane is baking. She's baking lots of loaves of bread that are sort of or cakes, one of the two that are sold in the, the kind of local town shop. Um, Jack, the, the oldest son, is kind of in love with the Anna Taylor Joy character. He's still very much out seeing her. Uh, She works in the library. She's also being pursued by Kyle Kyle Soller's character, Porter, a kind of banker that's going to make his way in the world to New York and all the rest, who's uh, hitting on her in a a rather aggressive and uncomfortable way. Um, And she's no interest. She she loves Jack, and that's where their relationship is. We find out in the household, though, that all the mirrors have been kind of covered up. Uh, They've all been smashed uh, or, or hidden in a room. And this is because... Sam believes that there is a ghost that lives inside the walls uh, that can come out through the mirrors to get him. And he's absolutely terrified of this, absolutely terrified. So they keep everything kind of hidden. And as the movie goes along, we start to see that, you know, there is noises still happening, creaks and groans. Uh, They've also befriended a raccoon who is uh, (laughs) is, kind of dotting about the place and coming through, like, Holes carved in walls for him, um, which was quite interesting. Interesting choice, but plays into something later on in the movie. So this continues on for a while. Um, Jack seems to have a scar on his head, and is now prone to blacking out. Uh, the rest of the family are trying to keep him safe because they know he needs to make it to twenty-one. Um, Porter wants to sign off some documents, so the family starts you know uh, forging signatures and stuff which will ultimately lead to Porter finding out that the mother is dead Um, and that maybe things are in such a way that there could be a potential fraud coming along which might affect his chances of a job in New York. Um, The movie kind of builds up to this kind of climax of they have to use the money from this safety deposit box which was stolen from the dad and Billy, played by Charlie Heaton he has to go out and find it and he finds a way out like in some cave formation and brings it back along with a knife which is kind of weird so brings these back, they spend some of the money but we have Jane believing that the money's cursed and bad things will happen and sure enough, after they use that money bad things do start happening so they take this to the box and drop it down the chimney which has all been boarded up We also find out that whoever it was that came to their house uh, was actually boarded up upstairs, uh, in the loft, alive, or attic if you're American. He was boarded up there alive and left to die after months, and basically what they've done is they've told little Sam that there's a ghost in the walls to deflect from the fact that they actually trapped a human being up in the loft, uh, or attic, and left him to die. It is obviously revealed later on that this was the father. The father came to essentially exact revenge and they managed to somehow trap him up in the attic. Um, Once they realise that, well once Porter realises that the the mother is dead he goes to blackmail them and what they do is he tries to blackmail them for the embezzled money that's missing. So they have to get the money from the, the attic uh, Billy tries to travel down there and ends up having a bit of a scrap and fight with their father who is still alive uh, who's been living off the uh, rat carcasses and drinking gathered rainwater in tubs and is uh, a, like a, a kind of horrible looking you know, malnourished beardy hairy creature thing in the in the loft and at this point there's a massive argument Uh, Jack's struggling to keep it together Jack blanks out um, and Jane decides that what they need to do is send a storybook which explains the family's journey and everything they've done good and bad uh, to Ali who will come and help Uh, Ali gets a message, certainly finds the book um, and arrives in the house but Porter's also returned and Porter wants the money really bad and there doesn't appear to be anyone in the house and he comes across as blocked up attic door which he then takes a sledgehammer to to, to knock down the bricks um, Ali reads the book and when she reads the book she finds out that when the father arrived Jack tried to pacify him it did not work uh, and ultimately Jack got flung off the side of a hill which is how he got his scar on his head um, the father uh, arrives at the house can't get in through the door so he climbs in through the chimney um, and attacks the three kids. When Jack arrives, he finds it that all three kids have died. Um, we get a, a clip of a reveal of the three emaciated bodies on the ground. So the father kills all three of them, and Jack boards the father up in the loft, leaving them to die, essentially. His brain is so shattered by the things that he's done that he creates in his own mind... Um, Billy, Jean, and Sam, his siblings and just continues to live with them as part of his psyche like this multiple personality syndrome that he has And Ali goes upstairs to find out what's happened to Porter, Porter has been murdered by the father who then goes to attack Ali who basically calls on Jack to save her uh, Jack is Jack's too weak to do this so Billy takes over, Billy takes a gun up, kills the father and then we jump to a kind of after the events, a couple of months later on, I think it was 12 weeks later, it's seen that Jack has went through some sort of psychiatric treatment. It's on heavy medication uh, and has not had any visions of his siblings since. Uh, Ali, played by Anna Taylor-Joy, she's committed her life to looking after him. And we find it very quickly that they live together in this manner, but she's not been given him the medication. And she's not been given it because... Jack can't live without his siblings, which he still imagines live in his own little world. And, yeah, that's the end of the movie. Like I say, a a cool little ghost story. I loved some of the techniques. um, Specifically what they do with mirrors and shadow and sound. The sound design is excellent in this movie. It kind of exists in that world of... Like I say, it's got... The twist is very the others. But it's also very much in... The ballpark of the orphanage, in that this movie ends on a a very sweet kind of sad note of you know he's lost his brothers and sisters, but they'll always be in his brain and you know he will still imagine that they're alive, captured the the way they were for for eternity, which is kind of like I say a kind of weirdly acutely dark but sentimental sappy ending. Um. Yeah, I got the ending real quick. I got the ending... I'll tell you when I got the ending exactly. As soon as they mentioned after... You know, we've jumped forward six months, and as soon as I found that Jack was the only one that could leave the Grimm's, the rest were all confined to the house, I had a sneaky suspicion that something bad had happened, uh, and the three had died, and it turned out that I was right. So, like I say, not the most original one in the world. If you don't watch horror movies often, or you don't watch ghost movies, I imagine this coming as a bit of a shock, but if you're a fan of like i say things like the others orphanage that sort of stuff it makes sense uh, there are a couple of big plot holes as to how things happen how he interacts with certain characters and how things happen when he's not there that don't make sense and uh, you could like drive a bus through some of the plot holes here but if you just roll with it it's a kind of weirdly sappy sentimental movie that does go out his way to try and explain as much as possible without I mean, there is a bit of talking to down to the audience, but not in a way which felt malicious or dumb. Um, it kind of felt like this is, you know, how we reveal these sort of things in a kind of old-fashioned way, an old-fashioned way of telling a ghost story, which I kind of enjoyed. Like I say, I would probably land on it as a four, but the rewatchability factor is going to be low on a movie like this, and that once you have seen it, you know the twist. It's not as if you're going to go back through and watch this movie again. It's one that maybe you can shove on every couple of years, or recommend to someone that's maybe a bit more on the lo- the horror light side of things as a movie to get into. Certainly for fans of The Orphanage, can't stress that enough. I love The Orphanage, fucking great movie. Whereas Orphanage to me has a lot of rewatchability, The Secret of Maribone doesn't. Um, and I reckon that in subsequent watches, it might tick down a little bit in grades. But you've got great acting here, great cinematography, um, great one set one. Se- piece sets of horror which i thought were really cool it's just it's a bit long it's a bit long on the tooth i think the they obviously try and breathe into the drama aspect which adds to the time of the movie i think it could have probably cut 15 minutes out of this and this movie would not have been detrimentally affected at all so there we go that is the secret of marijuana four out of five from duncan i'm going to take a break just now it's the final one of the show when i come back i'm closing out and i'm doing it right after this You're listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. And you've been listening to The Podcast Under The Stairs. This has been bonus episode number 91. It's been another review of a recent release in the UK, The Secret of Maribor, released Friday the 13th in July 2018. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, I'll be interested to see what people made of this one. Uh, It is pretty much paint by numbers, but sometimes, every now and again, it's good to see a movie that can hold true to painting by the numbers and not trying to shake up the formula too much and thus undermining too much. Um, Yeah, I'll be interested to see what people make of this movie when they see it, Uh, either on the big screen or where I would say it's probably comfortable to watch in your house on Netflix so maybe wait for the small screen for this one. Um, like I say we've got another episode coming out before the end of the week, another bonus episode dropping on Sunday. There'll be another bonus movie review for a new title. So keep your eyes peeled for that. There's a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. As always, I see check us out on Apple Podcasts. Come across, subscribe to the feed. That way you get access to the episodes as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of t content. Leave us a rating and a review. Rating's super important and more of them we get... For- for example, five stars, the higher up the iTunes charts we are pushed for people to find us. Also, leave us a review. It takes seconds for you to do. It doesn't cost you anything. It means a lot well to us. It's a great way to generate interest in the podcast because it's your words as to why you enjoy listening to it. And you never know, there might be a like-minded soul out there. As always, I always recommend it word of mouth. Uh, tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, your enemies, uh, anyone that listens to podcasts to check out the podcast under the stairs. Do you have a local butcher? If you're one of these ones that is a traditionalist and don't buy your meat from supermarkets, you like going to a good old-fashioned butcher. There's always a bit of banter there. There's always a bit of banter, a bit of to and fro, uh, what you've been up to. Let them know about the podcasts under the stairs. Butchers have a long, long days ahead of them. I know. I worked in one for approximately eight months when I was sixteen. Uh, yeah long long days ahead of them you know what we're getting through that long day a good quality horror podcast ladies and gents that's how you do word of mouth you can also check out the show on Stitcher Smart Radio SoundCloud Google Play and the TuneIn app visit us at our website and click the merch tab there or go directly to the merch page it's tputtscast.bigcartel.com to come across and thro- throw a few shekels at us that way you can buy yourself an enamel pin or a super bitchin poster for cheaps all the money goes back into the podcast and funds the fantastic content we are doing over here. Visit our Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast It's the community page. It's where everyone is talking about what they're watching and just generally having a blast. Want to keep up to date with some of our merch content, as well as the live streams, the live feeds on Thursday Thursday? Then come across to our page on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. Ooh, and the right with the buzz. twin prongs of social media sex and it's Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at teapotscast once again thank you very much for the support this month has been ridiculous as it stands just now uh, almost three weeks into this month we have smashed the total number of downloads we had in July 2017 that is fucking crazy, ladies and gents. I love you all. Thank you very much for the support. Thanks for all the love on the Summer Teaputs Top 10 series. The next one will be dropping on Monday, looking at 1981. Gear yourself up, because that year is a fucking doozy. Wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of errors, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs. And ladies and gents, I'm signing off.